God is good. Well, welcome out to Heritage of Faith. It's so good to see you. Amen. Hallelujah. We do have like empty chairs up here, so don't be shy. I don't bite. It's, it's good. <laughs> there's, some ch- there's some seats in the second row right here. Amen. Thank you, Lord. God is good. Thank you, Father. God is good. Thank you, Father. Yeah, God is good. All the time. God is good. That's his nature. Wow, right? Amen. I think our hallelujah. God is good. Hallelujah. Joe's, I'm gonna just shift things up and I'm probably gonna do it at the end. So Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Let's get into the word. Amen. We've been on a series called Looking Ahead. Say looking ahead. Say I'm not looking back. I'm looking ahead. Say, there's nothing back there for me. I'm looking ahead. Say this to me. Faith always looks forward. Amen. Hallelujah. God is good. Have your Bibles turned to... Where do I want you to turn? Um, Let's look at Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. Thank you, Lord. Thought I was just going to be on this series for the month of January, and but we're going to stay on it through the month of February as well. And when we get into March, we're going to begin our classes again um, that we that we've had, and uh, and so in in March, uh, the series that we'll do in here will be walking with God, and um, and in the back modular we'll have the the fit class, which is financial independence today. It's a financial class. And then we're also going to do our marriage class again. And, and so I encourage you to, uh, to be praying about which, which one the Lord would have you be a part of. Um, and so we'll have sign-up sheets uh, next week um, to where you, can, where you can just let us know which one you want to be a part of. And so that's, once again, that'll be a financial class that Patty and Jim will lead. And then uh, Vic and Rochelle will lead a marriage class, um, The Marriage on the Rock by Jimmy Evans, and which is a phenomenal class. So I encourage you to be a part of that. And then in here, we're going to talk about walking with God. Amen. Thank you, Lord. If I can find Proverbs, we'll be good here. We'll get started. Thank you, Lord. God is good. Thank you, Father. In Proverbs chapter 4, verse 18, it says, But the path of the just is as the shining light that shines more and more unto the perfect day. Let me read that again. But the path of the just is as the shining light that shines more and more unto the perfect day. The Amplified says, but the path of the uncompromisingly just and righteous is like the light of dawn that shines more and more brighter and clearer until it reaches its full strength and glory in the perfect day to be prepared. Amen. The path. See, there's a path for you. There's a path for me. You know what? And there's no life. See, see, the path of the righteous grows brighter and brighter, meaning, meaning we're, we're going forward, meaning, meaning as I walk this out, things are going to illuminate in my life. Revelation is going to be illuminated in my life. And my, the path of the righteous, the path of the just is going to get brighter and brighter. See, there's no life behind you. There's nothing you can do behind you. (laughs) 
You, there's, yes, you might have made mistakes. You, you know you can't fi- fix that. All you can do is ask for forgiveness or repent and go forward. You, you, there, there's nothing you can change in the back. <laughs> there's, there, there's as much, you know, as long as you continue to look in the rear of your mirror, it's going to keep you from going to where you need to go. There's nothing back there for you. It's the path of the just goes brighter and brighter. If we go down uh, to um, verse 25, it says, let your eyes look right on with fixed purpose and let your gaze be straight before you. Let me say it again. Let your eyes look right on with fixed purpose and let your gaze be straight before you. Consider well the path of your feet. And let all your ways be established and ordered aright. So there's a connection in what you're looking at. That, or say this, there's a, there's a connection between the path you're on, what you're, what you're looking at, and, 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 and ordering your steps. There's, there's a connection between where you're headed and what you're looking at. Let your gaze be a fixed purpose. Let your gaze be fixed Of a fixed purpose. Let your gaze be straight on before you. Then it says, consider well the path of your feet. Because see, you're going to go in the direction that you're facing. Consider well. Consider where you're at right now in life. How did you get to where you are right now in life? It's because of what you were looking at. So whether, whether you had mistakes, failures, bad decisions... Bad relationships, whatever it is, the thing is, consider your feet right now. Amen. Consider where, where your feet are pointing right now. You see, if my feet are pointed in this direction, then I only have one direction to go, and that's that way. If my feet are pointed that direction, I just have one direction, it's that way. If I, my, my feet point in, and then I only have one direction that way. So consider, consider where your feet are. Because the position of your feet determines what you're looking at. Yeah, I mean, I can try to try to do that and try to go this way, but it might not end up too well. So consider the path of your feet and let your ways be established. Let your ways, let your ways. Uh, what are way, what's ways here? It's um, your lifestyle, uh, your ways. It's your it's your habits, your customs, your choices, your ways represent your character. You know, uh, Moses knew his ways. The children of Israel just knew his acts, but Moses knew his ways. So when they knew his, God's ways, they knew everything about him. They knew how God operated. They knew how he responded. So, so here it says, consider, consider, well, consider well the path of your feet and let your way be, ways be established. Meaning, meaning make sure your character is lining up with the fruit you want in your life. See, a lot of times we want different things, but we don't change our ways. You know, is it Haggai? It says, you know, you give, you, you give much, but you reap little. <laughs> and what, what was the solution? He says, consider your ways. <laughs> Meaning, yeah, you're giving, but, but your life is kind of like a bag with holes in it. Why? Because you need to consider your ways. 
So, so where, why are you where you're at right now? It's somehow along the line, your ways got you to where you are today. So as a, as a pastor and as your cheerleader and as a heart after you, I want us, and even myself, I want me to consider my ways. I want you to consider your ways because it's where you're looking at is going to take you to your de- desired result. Amen. See, there's a lot of things that happened in my life that, that uh, I didn't want to happen, but they were really the fruit of my ways. So consider well the path of your feet and let all your ways be established and ordered aright. Ordered aright. Turn not to the right hand or to the left and remove your foot from evil. Meaning, meaning order your steps and see that's the direction I'm going. You, Tony's there on the back wall. Say hi, Tony. So I, I, that's, I'm heading towards Tony. So, so if I want to get to Tony, you know what? I'm not going to get there if I go right or if I go left. And then it says, remove your foot from evil. Now, without turning there, uh, Hebrews chapter 10, it's another scripture we've gone to in the series, is it says the just shall live by faith, right? It's the path of the just that goes brighter and brighter, right? So it says the just shall live by faith. So if I'm on this pathway, it's going to be a pathway of faith, right? It's going to be a pathway of faith. And, and it says, it says the just shall live by faith. And it says, if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. If any man draw back. So here we got this pathway of the just and it's growing brighter and brighter. But it says, if any man draw back. My soul will have no pleasure in him. And then it says this, we are not of them that draw back to perdition. He, he, the, the, the writer here, uh, whether it's Paul, some people believe it, some, some theologians believe it was Barnabas. Some people believe it was Paul who wrote Hebrews. But, but he says, but he makes a statement, but we are not of them that draw back. But we are not of them that draw back to perdition. Now, we don't use that word perdition. But the word perdition pretty much means evil. It means to, to turn back to eternal damnation. And so, so here, what, what it's saying here is, is I don't draw back and, and go. I don't, I'm not going back, back to what I came out of. Because there's no life for me back there. So here in Proverbs, it says, turn not to the right hand or the left and remove your foot from evil, meaning remove your foot from the position of going back to what you came out of. Right. Remove your foot from going back to what you came out of. All right. All right. Now let's look at let's go to Jeremiah. Chapter seven. Yeah, you, you go there, and I, I want you to see this. Thank you, Father. This is like Bible school, so I'm going to teach here a little bit. You know, there's a lot of misconceptions. There's a lot of wrong teaching about grace. That's, um, I'm, a, I'm a grace preacher, and I'm a faith preacher. Grace is a free gift, but it can only be received by faith. 
So if you can say, well, it's just grace today, grace today. But, and they say, well, you know, that faith teaching is, is, is past, it, it's not the main thing, it's grace right now. Well, the thing is, is in order to acquire the grace that you need for life, you're going to need to understand faith. But let, let's, let's look at this because there's a lot of misconceptions about things. And, and so you need to interpret scripture with scripture. And, and this is dealing with not going backwards. In Second Peter chapter 2, um, they might put it on the screen. Um, Verse 20, it says, But if after they have escaped the pollution of the world through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome, the latter end is worse than the beginning. So we're talking about someone that's already born again, right? So people that have the idea, Calvinism, you know, once saved, always saved, or um, the thoughts of, you know, eternal security... Now, put that in light of the scripture. It says, for if the, after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of... The, so when did you escape the pollution of the world? When you made Jesus the Lord of your life, right? So then it says this. They are again entangled therein. Entangled by what? The pollutions of the world. Overcome. The latter end is worse with them than the beginning. Meaning if, you're, if, if once you made Jesus your Lord of your life and then you go back to, the, you go back to what you came out of, it's going to be worse for you. You know, in Hebrews says, because there's no more sacrifice for sin, meaning there's not another answer. There's only one answer, and it's Jesus. So verse 21 says, for it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. But is but it is happened unto them according to the true proverb which is Proverbs 26, the dog is turned to his own vomit again and the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. Meaning Proverbs talks about that you're, that you're going to go back to your vomit. You're going to go back to the old things. Meaning, there, meaning what he's trying to communicate to you, there's no life outside of your salvation with Christ. There's no life outside of Jesus. Meaning when I came to Jesus, then, then you know what? It should have changed everything about my life. My life should be progressively getting better and continuing to point towards him. Amen. Amen? And I'm not, I, I'm not dealing with, with, well, I just need to have better works. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about as you pursue him, it's not about, about, about you becoming better in yourself. But as you pursue him, the fruit of that is a life of holiness. It's not you trying to do works of holiness. It's as I pursue him, all of a sudden my life progressively changes. But it's all in the point of where you're going. Are you going to turn back to the, the vomit? Are you going to turn? You, you were washed like a pig. You were you, like, like a pig that was washed that chooses to go back what they came out of. There's no life back there. There's no peace back there. There's no joy back there. And the enemy, the enemy wants to romanticize the, the life that is found in the world. And I'm going to show you this through scripture, okay? Because it has everything to do with what you look at. Because what you look at fuels your desire. And what fuels your desire is what motivates you to take. Or motivates you to act. So let's look at Jeremiah chapter 7. Jeremiah chapter 7, verse... Let's see. Verse 22. It says, for in the day... I'm reading the Amplified. For in the day that I brought them out of the land of Egypt. So who did he bring out of Egypt? The Israelites, right? Which are God's people. So for in the day that I brought them out of the land of Egypt. 
Now, what was Egypt considered? It was a place of bondage. That's what it it was. It's considered the world system. It's the it's the it's the way the world does things. That's what Egypt represents. I did not speak. It says, I did not speak to your fathers or command them concerning burnt offerings or sacrifices. Now, now I love this. Get a hold of this because, because it really gives us some insight here that, that is not about necessarily your works, but it's about your heart. Amen. It's about what, what position is your heart in? Because he, he, he tells him, he goes, he, he goes, when I brought them out of Egypt, you know what? I didn't tell them that they needed to go and burn offerings and sacrifices. That, 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 wasn't, that wasn't necessarily intent. But what it says is, but this thing I did command them. What did he command them? Listen to and obey my voice. And I will be your God and you will be my people. And walk, now get this, and walk in the whole way that I command, in the whole way that I command, in the whole way that, you know, the path of the righteous, the way, consider your ways. And walk in the whole way that I command you, that it may be well with you. You see, you see, the Ten Commandments aren't something to be, be laborious or trying to get us to live to some sort of um, self-righteous position. The, the, the things that God speaks in His Word are for your success, not your harm. Amen. People say, oh, well, it's, that's just the old... T- I understand. We live. You know what? The, people say, oh, well, the law passed away. No, it just changed positions. The law is now written on my heart. And here he's telling them, I took them out of Egypt. And it wasn't just so they could come out and burn sacrifices. But I brought them out so they could hear my voice. And as they followed my voice, it would be well with them. Say that with me. God wants it to be well with me. Wow. That's his heart for you. To be well with you. Verse 24, but, Amplified says, they would not listen to and obey me. Now get this, or bend their ear to me. They wouldn't even lean in and listen. They wouldn't even attempt to listen. But they followed the counsels and the stubborn promptings promptings of their own evil hearts and minds. And they turned their back and they went in reverse instead of forwards. Wow. Man. God said, I just wanted to be well with you. That's all, that's all, that's all he wants for you. Yeah. Is for you to be, to be well with you. And that word well there is, to, is the same word for peace. That you have peace. Nothing missing, nothing broken. That it would be well with you. King James says, But they hearkened not, nor inclined their ear, but they walked in the counsel and in the imaginations of their evil heart, and they went backwards and not forwards. You know, Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12, Proverbs chapter 16, verse 25 says, There's a way that seems right to a man, 
but the end of there is destruction. See, I've been there. There was some ways that I, I just thought, well, you know, this, but you know what? It wasn't God's way. It was Justin's way. You know what? And it, it didn't end too well for me. It didn't come out the way I thought it might have come out. Because my, my heart didn't want to hear what he was saying. And, and because of that, I turned backwards and I, I went backwards instead of going forwards. So we got to look ahead. We got to look ahead. You know, they, the, the children of Israel romanticized. You know, here God took them out of Egypt. Out of bondage for 430 years of bondage. 30 years longer than was prophesied because it took them 30 more years to get sick and tired of being sick and tired. Finally, when they cried out and when they finally cried out to God, it said their cry came unto God's ears. And what happened? He said, it says, I must come down and deliver them. And what did he do? He sent Moses. You're going to be in bondage as long as you're still happy with your bondage. But until you get tired of your bondage and face and, and, and face a new direction, nothing's ever going to change. So here, God took them. He says, with a strong arm, think he says, with a strong arm, I delivered them. He said, I took them out with silver and gold, and there was no feeble one among them. Amen. Now, you talk about a deliverance. Not only did, were they not bound anymore, but they left with all the goods. They left with all the money. Not, it said their clothes didn't wear out. It said their eyesight was never abated. Their shoes didn't wear out. Man, see, when God brings deliverance, whoo. But yet, it was just a few days. And they were romanticizing Oh, if I just had them leeks and onions back in Egypt. Oh, if I just had the fish and the, the melons of Egypt. They didn't eat fish and melons the first time they were there. It was, they were just romanticized. You know, it's like, um, anyone see the movie, Five Will Goes West? Is <laughs> this a song they sing? There's no cats in America and all the streets are made of cheese. There's no cats in America and all the streets are made of cheese. There's, there's no cats. Now you got there's a mouse singing this. Okay. And see, they, and, the, and the mouse wants cheese and he's romanticizing. There's no cats in America and all the streets are made of cheese, but there, you know what? There's cats in America and you know, cats will eat mice. And see, they, they were romanticizing. Some of you didn't get it. So you have to go, back, go watch Five Will Goes West. And, th- and that's how the enemy paints a picture. He paints a picture that, oh, yeah, it's better over there. Uh-huh. It's better. Just a few days. And they were just, but instead they were looking back to their bondage. Instead of looking forward to, you know what? They had, and they had seen the grapes. Twelve of them brought back the grapes of the promised land. But they're still romanticizing about garlics and leeks and onions. They were so focused on that the enemy just painted this picture. Yeah, it was better back there. Don't let the, the enemy make your old season look great. 
Don't let the enemy make your old life look great. Because I'm telling you, the enemy will do all sorts of things to, to make the, Lord, the world look pretty. You know, I, I've done that where, where you know, your, your pros and your cons. Okay, well, there's like, there's like three pros and there's like 47 cons. <laughs> but yet those three, those three pros just make everything look good. Yet and I let go of the of the great for something mediocre. All because of what I was looking at. All because of what I was looking at, what I was focusing on. I got way off my notes. Thank you, Lauren. Let's go to Genesis chapter 2. And for a group of those in the wilderness, I need to ask a question. Did that first group ever get to the promised land? Well, did they ever get back to Egypt? Mm -mm. Said all of them died out. (laughs) Was it just Joshua and Caleb? Moses? I mean, so therefore, I mean, they, they didn't receive anything. They didn't, they didn't go back to the old and they didn't go back. They didn't step into the new. All because of what they chose to look back at. Genesis chapter 2. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Genesis chapter 2. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. You're faithful. You're faithful. Mm, Thank you, Lord. You're so good. Genesis chapter 2, verse um, 15. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil... Thou shalt not eat of it. For in that day that you eat thereof, you shall surely die. So verse 16 again. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. Of every tree you may freely eat. But there's just this one. There's just this one tree. We don't have many trees were necessarily in that garden. But it was only this one, but this tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat of it. Just, just this one tree. You know, now, why did, why did God have to say anything about this? What, what, you know, I, I believe our life is, is made up of choices. And I believe the choices that we make really determine and reveal who and what we're going to serve. And so here, you, you, we don't know, was there, was there, was there, was there a hundred trees in the garden? Was there, was there 5,000 trees in the garden? Was there, was there a hundred thousand trees in the garden? Well, whatever it is, it was just one that he told them not to eat. You can freely eat of every single tree, but just that one. And let's see how the, how the enemy works. Let's look at chapter three, verse one. It says, now the serpent 
was more subtle and crafty than any living creature of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he, Satan said to the woman, can it really be, can it really be that God has said, you shall not eat from every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit from the trees of the garden, except the fruit from the tree, which is in the middle of the garden. God has said, you shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Well, she kind of got that wrong because God didn't say you couldn't touch it. He just said you couldn't eat it. And, and really, we don't know how long this, 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 this encounter was. And, and I, I really don't believe it was just a one-time encounter. I, I believe it was a, a progressive in, encounter. I've read some things from what they call the Book of Enoch. It's not something that was canonized, but it gives, it gives a different, it kind of gives a perspective about some things, you know, on this encounter that happened. And, and it, you know, believe it was something that was maybe occurred often. It, it occurred often. God never said that they couldn't touch it, just said you couldn't, don't eat it. And I, I don't know, maybe, maybe we, we don't know exactly what that fruit was. It, it's not an apple. Right. You know, it's, we, we don't know what, that, what kind of fruit it was. But all we know, you know, the serpent could be standing there and just, just throwing it up in the air and saying, Oh, look at that. I'm touching it. It's, it's all good. And now, now get this, because this is what you have to see, because this is what I'm dealing with here. It says, verse 5 says, For God knows that in that day you eat of it, your eyes will be open, and you'll be like God, knowing the difference between good and evil and blessing and calamity. Now get this, and when the woman saw that the tree was good, when she saw that it was good, when she saw that it was good, the Amplified says, suitable and pleasant for food, and that it was delightful to look at. It was delightful to look at. Wow. When she saw that it was pleasant and suitable and it was good to look at. And a tree to be desired. And a tree to be desired in order to make one wise. She took of its fruit and ate. And she gave some also to the husband and he ate. Now get this. This is what I want you to see is desire. What she looked at fueled her desire. What she desired motivated her to action. What you look at is fueling your desire. And it will cause you to act. It will cause you to act. What you look at. See, I, I know things that you may say, well, so-and-so did that. And you'd be like, I can't believe that that, that so-and-so or that minister or that pastor did that. I can't believe that. I can't believe they would do something. I would never do something like that. But if you start changing what you're looking at, a little by little, what all of a sudden you say what you would never do is now is fueled a desire in something that you will do. All because... Of what you look at. What you look at. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. You know, the the thought of just looking. Well, I'm just looking. (laughs) You know, someone uh, was in a car dealership one time and they, they, uh, 
they came out to, to the couple and they said, um, so do you need any help? Uh, well, we're just looking. And he said, well, that's how it all starts. That's how it all starts. Just looking. Just looking. You know, I really think, I really think the, the woman had the right mentality in the beginning when she said, look, but not touch it. But when the enemy belittled that, the desire caused her to touch it. The desire caused her to touch it. Desire will cause you to do things you wouldn't normally do. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Word says, seek and you will find. Seek and you will find. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You want God's best? You have to fuel the right desires. You want, let me say it again. You want God's best? You have to fuel right desires. If you don't want God's best, then go ahead and fuel the wrong desires. You know, it's the things you look at on a consistent basis. You ever, you know, go to the movies and, you know, they have the previews before a movie. And what do you see a preview? And they, you know, and it's like the movie that, that you, you saw the previews and the previews are great. But you go to see the movie, it's like the only funny parts were in the previews. And you're like, that was stupid. But what? You saw something and you, you desired to see that. What about even before that? You know, you see this great picture of a Coke and it's pouring in and the, it's bubbling. And then, and then you have the popcorn and, and then, then the smell from the lobby. And then and, and you see that and you're like... I want popcorn or, or it's that commercial and the cheese is just, oh, the slice of pizza is just dripping off and you're wanting that pizza. And, you know, and, and so, so, so the thing, what, see, because what you look at is what you're going to desire. And see, I, I believe there's some desires that we need to starve and I believe there's some desires we need to fuel. If you can fuel a desire, then you can starve a desire. Hallelujah. So feed on the right things. Let's go to Psalm 63. Um, there's some other things I could say, but I'm just going to think I need to go. I believe I need to go forward. Looking, looking ahead, looking forward. So we're a right desires. Psalm 63. Verse 1. In the Amplified, it says, O God, you are my God. Earnestly will I seek you. Earnestly will I seek you. My inner self thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you and is faint for you in a dry and weary land where no water is. Now, what... You are my God. Earnestly will I seek you. Earnestly will I pursue you. My inner self thirsts for you. My flesh longs and is faint for you in a dry and weary land where no water is. So I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to hunger after you. I'm going to pursue you like someone that's parched would pursue water. 
I mean, that's a, that's a desire, right? That's a desire that's 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 fueling a direction of your life. If you if you he goes, my soul, my soul, my mind, my will, and my emotions follow hard after you, just like a, a parched man would follow after and try to find water in a dry and weary land. That's that's what my desire is is fueling me. You know, there, there's some things that I've recognized in my own life that I can recognize where my spiritual walk is. And I'm just talking about me. If I don't have an appetite for the things of God. Now, now let me say it this way. You know, when you don't feel good naturally, say if you have a sore throat or you're congested or your, your stomach hurts, what's the first thing that you lose? Your appetite. But I believe the same thing equates spiritually. If you don't have an appetite for worship, if you don't have an appetite for the word, and you don't have an appetite for the things of God, you don't have an appetite to go to church, you don't have an appetite to be around other believers, then that is a, that is a sign that something's not right. And so here, this desire is, is I'm, I'm going to pursue God. My desire is pulling me in that direction. My desire is pulling me closer into God, to follow after God with all of my heart, with all of my soul, all of my mind, and all of my strength. My soul follows hard after you. So I've looked upon you in the sanctuary. To see your power and your glory. Because your loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise you. So while I bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My whole being shall be satisfied. My whole being shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness. And my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you upon my bed. And meditate on you in the night watches. For you have been my help. And the shadow of your wings will I rejoice. Verse 8. My soul follows hard after thee. See, what are, you, what are you pursuing in your life? If you want God's best, feed the right desires. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, when we talk about pursuing God, and there's a lot of directions I could take this. And I'm just going to, as, as I start to close, just going just to deal with this aspect, and I'll get into some other things next week, I believe. But m- most people... And, and I noticed, and like I said, I'm, I'm talking about me. If I look back in my life where I started getting off and going in the wrong de- direction is because I lost not just my, my appetite for God, so to speak, because in my heart, I still love God. In my heart, I, I, I love God, and, and, but there was also other things I was loving. But one of the things I noticed is I would lose an appetite for the word. Not having an appetite for the word. Go, go to Job. Job chapter 23. And I just have about two more scriptures and I'll be done. Job 23. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Job 23. Verse. Thank you, Father. Verse 11, King James says, My foot hath held his steps. His way have I kept and not declined. 
Neither have I gone back from the commandments of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Now here, we're seeing this. We talked about the path when we began. We talked about, you know, following his commands. And if they would follow his voice, then, and they would obey his voice, then they would go forwards and not backwards. But they didn't. They went backwards instead of forwards. And here, Job is saying, he says, he goes, My foot hath held his steps. Amplified says, My foot has held fast to his steps. His ways have I kept and not turned aside. I have not gone back from the commandments of his lips. What's the commandments of his lips? It's his word. It's his word. Timothy says, Timothy 3.16 says, every word is God inspired and God, God breathed for inspiration, correction and righteousness, right? So that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Every, every scripture is God breathed and inspired. So, so I have not gone back from the commandments of his lips and I've esteemed, I've valued I hold in high esteem. See, you're going to treasure what you value. If, if you value church, then you'll be in church. If you value his word, you'll be in his word. If you value his presence, you'll pursue his presence. If you value your pastor, you'll pray for your pastor. Say that on a side note. Now, it says, I have esteemed and treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Wow. Man. Let me ask you a question I don't want you to answer. How many times do you eat a day? Three, four, five, six, seven. How much are you in the word a day? I'll just say law. Just Psalm says, Selah, calmly think about that. Or quietly think about that. How many meals do you eat a day? But here it says, I esteem his word more than my necessary food. Wow. How many meals of this do you have a day? I'm telling you more and more that you feed on this. More and more of the desire that you'll have to be in it. And I don't have time to get in tonight. Maybe we'll get in next week and talk about revelation and, and the glory of God and, and so forth. But, but, it, but it, it, everything begins with this word. Desiring this word. Let's go to um, Peter, First Peter, and I'll close with this. Now, a lot of people, they don't value... God's word, but they'll value the religious traditions. They don't value God's word, but yet they'll value religious traditions, meaning they'll go to church. But yet they don't allow the word to change them. Because they believe their salvation is just going to church. Going to church doesn't make you saved. Just like being in a garage doesn't make you a car. No, going to church is where you hear the word to where you're changed. So don't va- va- you value the word more than your religious traditions. Because that's where change happens. First Peter, and I'll close with this. Oh, thank you, Father. 
Say, thank God for the word. Amen. Verse 22, 1 Peter uh, chapter 1, verse 22. It says, seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth, or you could say the word, through the spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, meaning you're, you're, you have a real love towards the brethren, see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. Being born again, not of corruptible seed. Being born again, not of corruptible seed. See, going to church isn't what makes you born again. But being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God. So what caused you to be born of God? When you get a revelation of what the word says about you. Being born again, what does the word say about you? Jesus died for my sins and he rose again for my justification, right? So that's how I got born again when I received him. But that was what? In the word. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. For all flesh is as grass and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower of thereof falls away. But the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached to you. Meaning everything in the natural is going to die. Everything in the natural is going to pass away. No, no matter how beautiful that flower. There's some beautiful flowers that were put in the green room on Sunday. They smell good. But you know what? A couple more days is not going to be too pretty. And probably not going to smell too pretty. Why? Because it's something that's temporary. So the things we run after in the natural, the things that our desires are fueling us, whether it's relationship driven, whether it's success driven, fame driven, money driven, whatever it is, you know, those things have a lifespan. So why should those things be our primary desire? Because it says this, the word. The word, like Job said, it says, says, desire it, you know, like necessary food. And it says, why? Because this word, it endures forever. It's going to outlive you. It's going to outlive your circumstances. It's going to outlive your current problems. It's going to outlive the things you're going through. But then the very next verse in chapter 2 says, Wherefore, laying aside all malice, all guile, and hypocrisies, and envies, in all evil speaking. So lay aside all these natural things. Lay aside all these things. And as newborn babes. Desire the sincere milk of the word. That you may grow thereby. As newborn babes. Lay aside all these. Nat- lay aside the things that are fueling your life. As newborn babes. Desire. The sincere milk of the word. Desire the word that you might grow. Just as a newborn baby desires that milk from the mama, desire my word. Give just as as, as a mom, as parents, that you would feed your children the necessary things for life. Desire my word that way. Because you desire my word that way, man, you're going to grow. You're going to increase. You're going to thrive. Oh, man. What are you looking at? 
be like that psalmist. I want to go to God. In a dry and weary land, I'm not going to, something in the natural is not going to satisfy me. It's going to be what I find in God. But understand, everything I find in God is going to be found in the Word. This is a picture of Him, a a description of Him. His heart for me, His heart for you, His promises for me. So let's desire this word. Because I'm telling you, when you feed on this, and this fuels your desire, then all of a sudden, now you get hungry for what this says you have a right to. What you can do in him. Who you are in him. What you're able to do in him. What he's able to do through you. Wow, what a life. What a life. You know, I... So if I, I just, this came with my heart and I'll, I'll close with this. Anything that you're going after in life or God wants you to go after in life, he, I believe he'll reveal it to you in his word. Amen. I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell on myself here. It's, it's a good thing, but it might embarrass my wife. She's like, oh Lord, what's, you know, Annette and I, we, we went, through, went through seasons in our life and challenges and so forth, whatever. But, you know, God's a God of restoration. He restores. But in that process, as I, I wasn't necessarily looking for a relationship. And the Lord, the Lord said, I was praying, and the Lord said, I, I was in the Word, and the Lord took me to a scripture. And he said, I'm preparing for you an Abigail. And so I was like, well, well, the only Abigail I know is not too pretty. <laughs> so hopefully it's another one. Um, just some humor there, okay. But he took me to the Word. And so first of all, it says about Abigail, it says that it's, first the word Abigail means short. <laughs> But it says of Abigail, it says that she was beautiful in countenance and had an understanding spirit. I was like, I'll take that. <laughs> but what my, I wasn't pursuing a relationship. I wasn't pursuing a person. I was pursuing God. I was pursuing the word. And next thing you know, he starts talking to me about my wife. And goes, I don't have time to go through other things relating to that story. But everything fit. Lord, show me things in the word. And in Isaiah chapter 60, and, and said that, it said, daughters shall come from afar and sons will be nursed at thy side. And it says that the wealth of the, it talks about the wealth of the Dead Sea will come unto them. So that means God's going to bring someone and then, and then and going to bring us together. And, and great people are going to come into the kingdom of God. But it wasn't me pursuing a relationship, a person. I was pursuing the word. And through the word, he was revealing to me the next steps in my life. And I, I, can, I can go through this word and, and show you in different situations. Account where, where, where before I did something, I said, Lord, I need to see it in the word. Show me in the word. And it may be a week. It may be a year later. But I say, that's it. That, that's what you want me to stand on. I did things the natural way, and it didn't turn out too good. 
But I'm telling you, when you desire him, man, he'll, he'll see to it that you, you'll be right in the middle of his will for your life. Oh, Father, we thank you for the word tonight. And Father, as a, as a body, we look ahead. We look ahead to the things that you have for us. And Father, we'll just be like Solomon talks about in the Proverbs, that we will not look to the right hand or the left, but we look on with fixed purpose. But Father, what we look on, we've determined tonight, is the Word. Is the Word. We look on the Word. Lord, give us a greater desire for the Word, an appetite for the Word. Father, reveal to each one of us, because all of us can grow in this, Father. None of us in here have arrived yet, not even me. So, Father, I thank you, Lord. Reveal to each one of us things that we need to starve. And the things that we need to feed. Maybe there's some relationships that we need to let go of. Maybe there's some certain television shows that we don't need to be watching. Maybe there's some adjustments we need to make on how much social media is devouring our time. Help us, Lord, to starve the things that aren't productive in this season. And, Lord, cause us to have a hunger and a desire for you and your word. And as we do, Father, I thank you, Father, that you will see great and mighty things come to pass in our lives. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. You received that word tonight. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for the word. Thank you for the word. Just thank him for the word. Oh, we thank you for the word, Father. We thank you for the word. We thank you for the word. We thank you for the word. Oh, we honor this. We honor your word. We honor your word because Proverbs 4 also says that this word is life and health to all our flesh. It's life and health to every aspect of of our being. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for your faithfulness. Oh, Father, we look to you. Mm. Mm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You're so good. So good. Oh, man. Mm. man. Value the word. Value the word. Value the word in your life. Value the word. Thank you, Lord. We praise you, Father. You're so good. just keeps coming up in my heart. I, I just sense, and I, I believe this is more than one person, and I'm, I'm not going to have you come up, but it's almost like lately, lately the, the, the enemy has been constantly reminding you every day of your mistakes. 
It's almost, there's not a day goes by that you're not reminded of the mistakes. You look at something and it reminds you of the mistakes. You, you look in this direction, it reminds you of the mistakes. You hear a conversation, it reminds you of your mistakes. You, and, um, and I want to, I want to, I just declare is, is your future is not defined by your past. You have to do something with your words when those thoughts come in. Don't say, don't say those things anymore. Don't think those things anymore. Anytime those <clears throat> thoughts come into your thinking, you just, just say, my best days are ahead of me. Yes. That's what I hear from the Lord. Just, all you say is, my best days are ahead of me. You say, my best days are ahead of me. Every time that you're reminded of that mistake, those mistakes, immediately out of your mouth, say, my best days are ahead of me. Oh, thank you, Father. Whoever that's for, receive that. And I believe it's going to, I believe there's an oppression, oppression that's lifting off of you even now. Thank you, Father. We praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Mm, you receive that tonight. Give him a shout of praise for the word. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord.